Hello and welcome back to the Excurse. It has been uh, it's been a long while since I've done one of these. I think the last time was with Mira, probably. I think it was with Mira. But in any case, um, I, I think that's because I, I've guessed it on your show a couple of times. And I, whenever we do these, Terry, I am never sure until the last minute whether it's my show or your show. I don't think either of us knows. And then we start and we're like, whose show is this? Don't know. Um, But yes, I'm back with Terry, um, who is, uh, well, obviously making bloody students, as we've discussed before. But you are getting now gearing up for next week. You've got a big week ahead. I do. Uh, It's it's our our Kickstarter. Yeah. I have left it till the very last minute to actually, uh, I should have done this ages ago. Kickstarter should be well prepared, uh, but um, I set it up a couple of weeks ago in my defense, yeah. but I didn't finish it off and hit submit um, to Kickstarter until yesterday uh, with only four days left to go counting today. And they do ask for between one to three working days. Right. Um, so that the, the current message is it's being reviewed and you should hear by May the 1st. <laughs> like May the 1st is the day I want it to go That's live. F- right. Well, let's, let's assume that, uh, that, that there, there can't be, I mean, I'm pretty sure when, when they, they say, you know, we'll look at it, it, yeah. it, it is like, are you making illegal pornography or, exactly, you know, yeah. I think you're going to be okay. Is this what I'm saying? Well, I, I think you're going to be all you right. You say that, <laughs> no? but um, I've, I've ticked all the boxes and done everything correctly and done a nice video on that. But then yeah. I read their small print and it said something along the lines of, um, they're not, do you know what? They're actually in their T, T's and C's. It says they don't want something overly slick and overproduced. What does that um, mean? They, they want to sort of promote people who are like, well, I'm just a guy doing a thing, you know. They don't want to see like some corporate video because it's. it's oh, do you feel misleading. like you've you've put yourself forward as too professional now, and maybe it'll uh... maybe it may be that I don't I don't think mm. I've put myself forward as true. That could never happen, but um, <laughs> no, not in any in any bizarro universe. No, um, what it is is some of their small print does say, um, do not you uh, use, you know, video that misrepresents your project. And right. I haven't. Mm. My video starts off with me chatting here like this. And then in the corner is uh, some clips of Offworld, you know, saying, oh, this has gone off to the States now. And yeah. then later on, I start talking about bloody students. And I'd say, I want it to be uh, reminiscent of the golden days of the VHS rentals era. All those classic films like yeah. Gremlins, Ghostbusters. So I've got this little inset of mm-hmm. literally two second clips of Gremlins, Big Trouble in Little China, Dark Man, like stuff like that. And I... I don't know whether I, I should have put something like not my films, you know, as like an asterisk. I'm sure they surely, surely they're not no, going to be that No, I mean, you've got to be a bit of a numbskull to think that I was going, I made these. I made, I made those. Too. I wouldn't need money from a Kickstarter, would I? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the, on, that's the only minor thing I think mm. they could come back and go, could you remove those? So I've already done an edit where instead of having, for example, a, a clip of Edward Scissorhands, like the Hold picture the of DVD. Edward Scissorhands would pop sure. up in the corner like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, saying films like this you know um so again they usually get back to you before three days so hopefully if i get the red the green light on may the first we just i'm I'm sure you will yeah i I feel like you'll be okay um it's not my first rodeo so no it's not your first kickstarter right you've done kickstarters before because you did offworld was a kickstarter wasn't it yeah uh i did offworld offworld was the kickstart we did uh six years ago yeah and 
that's what started it all off really because we were like never done kickstarter before and we were like well we're doing a short film if we yeah. can get like two grand that'd be awesome and all of a sudden we get 10 grand um and we're like right well we've got 10 grand and like the fools we were the poor naive fools we were we were like we can make a feature film on 10 grand and then kickstarter take a grand out uh-huh. then um that's their 10 percent, and then you've got to spend about if we spent about five or six hundred quid on t-shirts and rewards to pay back to people plus postage so i think we ended up at about eight grand so mm. it's not that much really no and, um, no not when you're not when you're paying people and not when you're paying hiring equipment like and... you know a couple of grand and editing a couple yeah. of grand and cg you know it's that kind of it all disappears but the thing is the weird thing and i've noticed this again with bloody students when you speak to people you've never spoken to before mm. if you tell them you're doing a short uh, a low budget film they kind of think eh, time waster just gonna you know take the michael and they don't want to know but yeah. if you tell them i'm doing my second feature film they go ka-ching oh my you know, god and they go, yeah Yes, well, if you want to hire my garden shed, it's four thousand pounds a day. There you is know, a um, the... there is yeah. a scale to uh, to feature films. <laughs> you know, there's there ET, <laughs> and then you know, yeah, absolutely. And there's and I as mean... we discussed on your show, there there is a scale to zero budget as well. There's a very big scale to zero budget. Yeah, they'll call a zero budget film a million, something like under a million or a million mm. or under um a low budget film layer cake with daniel craig low yep. budget film uh four million dollars four million pounds yeah there you go Shaun of the dead was like eight million mm. and that's pretty low budget really considering uh, i i didn't we look up the um the budgets for hot fuzz and the world's end i, I think we did i could do that eventually right higher yeah oh yeah of course absolutely yeah yeah i mean I, I i would imagine it gets higher after after every film yeah. um, so you know for anyone watching Shaun of the Dead was made as a, you know, by working title films, uh, you know, about Channel 4 because of Spaced. And it was like, oh, well, we'll, we'll give you eight million just to, to play with that. What was the yeah. budget for Hot Fuzz? So the budget was 6.1 for uh, for Shaun. For Shaun. Oh, it's 6.1. Oh, there's maybe. no way. There's no way that they made Hot Fuzz for 6.1. No, no, no way on earth. Let's uh, let, let's find out because um, I am I'm really curious now. Um, Edgar Wright. But the best thing about Sean is obviously it was such a big hit because mm. they only spent six point one on it. It raked it in, you know, it paid all its uh, marketing fees back and twelve. Forget how much it So it was twelve to sixteen million budget for Hot Fuzz. So du- Hot at Fuzz. least double. Uh, at, at least, least double, double yeah. the budget. Um, and then I imagine World's End. World's a bit End more, I bet. was twenty million. So yes, there exponentially more uh, every single time. Um, yeah. But um, you know, so you're so by that logic, off world was ten thousand. So your yeah. your second your second film is going to be twenty, and then it'll um, be thirty, and then it'll be forty, and then you know, well, oh, no, actually you double. Know, so it won't. I'll, I'll be, be a pensioner by the time we get to you know decent, uh, you know. <laughs> well, no, if it's doubling we get to every Sean time. of the Dead's budget. Mm. But um, no, the only reason the budget on Bloody Students is bigger is because you know we it preempted it and actually put our savings in the kitty before yeah. with a kickstarter so you know we may get you know nearly double that of off world which is great that'll be fantastic yeah. i i was thinking about this today because your your movie is a uh you know there there are movies that you can i mean like um our current film the 12th day is is very much written around the idea that we're going to have no budget you know it's one of those movies yeah. that's you know it's it's guy in a mask kills people 
in in city uh and woodland um yeah. so that that you can do you're when you've got a uh, an ambitious concept then as soon as you're like well we're in a museum and we've got you know uh makeup effects you've got the the mummies and stuff it's really exciting stuff but you can't do yeah. that with with zero budget i mean that at that point you no. definitely need something to to get you going you know no you're right and um I th- I think I mean you, you probably saw the post I put up mm-hmm. on uh, Instagram recently. I every film I make will be high concept. I did Life's see that. Sure, yeah. just because I'm feeling I'm I'm about to kick the bucket any moment. So it's like I got to make something really ostentatious. Um, but no, it's like yeah, you're right. You you if you're doing a film with mummies in a st- museum, mm-hmm. you you need a museum. You need mummies. So it's like yeah. Uh, oh, I've got to tell you about this. Um, I right. As a rule, I try not to slag any movie off. Um, I try and see the good in anything because I know how hard it is, right? It is, um, yeah. But I, I was, I was, I must surfing admit. the streaming services yesterday, and oh. I found a British movie called. Well, it's got two titles. It's called The Mummy Resurgence, and it's also called Rise of the Mummy, and it's a, a British film. It's, it's it, you can watch it for free on YouTube anyway. I might know. And it makes Offworld look like a Chris Nolan film, right? It's, Do you know? I, I mean. It, it is one of those situations you think your film yeah i think you're always critical of your own work and you think your film's terrible and then you look yeah. at some films and you're like wow um yeah this this one was um shall we say not um not great uh yeah. the, the, the good thing about it though i mean it had really nice opening titles it had really good sound design the sound design was good and the the quality of the picture was good it was like mm. shot on a black magic or something you know um but the there was no lighting. It was also very flat and kind of no contrast in it at all. No shadows. Right. It was like the opening scene was in a forest and it was broad daylight. And their mummy was about five foot six in a really baggy outfit. So, so it looked like they it, it's made me the in a baggy outfit. Tall guy and couldn't get the guy at the last minute and said, oh, you That'll can put do. it on. This, this mummy's short and he's got this really baggy suit on. Oh, and no. I was like. I haven't filmed a single frame of Bloody Students yet, but my mummies are already better than that because I've cast guys who are over six foot four and skinny as a rake, and I intend on having them wearing very tight mummy outfits to look bony and, yeah, you know. They're Boris Karloff uh, build, and uh, that's... You exactly, know. yeah, yeah. Mm. But it's it's quite scary, Kickstarter, this time around. A few things have changed. I uh, think they it's... They no longer it's... use PayPal. Yeah, they. that's a big one. I, I am... That... That alone must have dissuaded so many people to to, yeah. to use Kickstarter because it's like Stripe and a bank account and all this kind of stuff. Mm. Which I, I guess um, is, I mean, it, it's fine. It's just I think these days people are so used to paying with PayPal, aren't they? It's like PayPal's the one because obviously you're you're proper covered with PayPal. You can get your money back yeah. easily with PayPal and and all of that. But um, but yeah, it is interesting. I was really surprised they removed that actually. Yeah, it was very surprising, and they've also done a thing starting on May the first. Uh, incidentally, uh, which is when you offer re- uh, your different tiers for, you know, from like five pound, 10 pound, 15, whatever, mm. you can't have one that says uh, 20 pound and no reward. You have to add items to every single tier. So you have to give something. Yeah. Uh, they do have the, the the very first one you'll come across will say uh, donate without any reward. So that's like their default for somebody An wants open to pay donation, or whatever. I'm sure. Yeah. But everything else, it says we recommend you. Well, no, we, we we from May the first, we insist that you add items, whether physical or digital. So they can be like from the date that you plan to do your Kickstarter specifically. No, we put we that impose in, these like, rules. Yeah, yeah. It's like right, make it a little bit harder. Okay. 
Um, so this time we put the goal for 10,000. Um, mm -hmm. As you probably know, Kickstarter is all or nothing funding. So if, if you don't hit your goal, you don't get any of the money. Yeah. Well, um, let's hope uh, let's hope you let's hope you further the goal. But um, yeah, it'd be least... good to smash it because obviously we've got things like postage and making T-shirts and all that yeah. malarkey to do. And um, but, you know, originally I set the, the entire campaign up on Indiegogo because I thought, well, let's do something different. And Indiegogo is mm. known for being film based or whatever. Indiegogo is um, the one you you uh you keep the money regardless with indiegogo right Is well that you like can you... choose okay you can choose right. yeah you can have all or nothing or you can choose flexible funding where you get whatever you've raised um which is good for a, a creator yeah but at the same time for backers it feels like i spoke to someone who did a, a successful indiegogo and they said it's the feedback they had was that a lot of backers were like well if you don't hit your target you're not you going to make the make product film, that i've you're going to make for. off with the money it's like what are you going to do with our cash you know it's... yeah uh, yeah i guess i mean I, I was thinking well you make it anyway but you'd make a lesser product and then then you could argue well they've paid for a higher product than what they're getting ultimately because a you're a dissatisfaction yeah. there expecting mm. you to make the thing that you promised you'd make yeah so yeah. and again i could have done the same strategy as we did with offworld which was ask the aim low and anything higher you get you're bound to get it because you've hit your target yeah um but this time i thought no i'm going to aim high which is at least what offworld made and then leave that to decide the validity of the project and go well you know not that i'm going to like give it up or anything no. it's more like i can put it back another year you know if you sure. don't make that money yeah yeah, yeah. we can year. we can go other Add funding avenues and yeah yeah, yeah. So like, develop it a bit more and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. So uh, before I get into some spoilery specifics, uh, when is this likely to be going out? Whenever you want. It can it can okay. go out tonight if you want. No, you. I, I, I want to tell you the spoilery stuff. <laughs> well, then then it will go out. When do you want it to go out? It'll go out when you want anytime, it to go. Out. Anytime after first of May. Fine. Or, or even on the first of May. It will uh, go out on the first of May then. All right. If that great, works for right. you or, or the second, whatever, whatever's best for you. So don't worry. Spoil away. All right. Okay. So um, we, as you probably know from last time, my plan is to, uh, we've cast almost all the students in the film. Yeah. Um, yes, we have cast all the students. Of course we have. And uh, we've cast the mummies. Mm -hmm. um, we've cast the creepy caretaker. But out of the adult characters, the grown-ups, um, I was going to have sort of, celebrity cameos yes you know and you know in again for us people on the street anyone who's been like vaguely in eastenders or something is still a celebrity because they're yeah. a known actor and name Absolutely. you know they're not tom cruise but they're still well known mm -hmm. or slightly better known so i was uh i went to a convention last year uh in western supermare and i paid for an autograph and photo just to have a word with david bradley because i was like he could be the ideal creepy caretaker he would be amazing and as a creepy caretaker he would be great because i was thinking of mad basil from uh, the world's end don't yeah. ask me that you know um and all i got really was speak to me agent that's you know, it well he is playing that, doctor that... who at the moment it's yeah really quite expensive. yeah and he did come across as super frail and i was like man i don't want him to like keel over on my film although publicity um, <laughs> of a sort yeah yeah david bradley's last film was this low budget mummy thing what a shame um no, so in the end, I started. I, I ended up casting uh, a guy I know from Cardiff, uh, Bill Bellamy, who 
if you've ever seen the Offworld trailer, he's the guy uh, who's like a general and he's in- interrogating our lead character. Yes. So uh, because he's he's really good at what he does, he's local and he's available kind of thing, I thought he's got quite an important role and we could do with someone who's more accessible and, and cheaper, uh, who doesn't have to come from London and have an agent to deal with and all this malarkey. So Bill Bellamy is in the caretaker role. Um, but I've been sniffing around and, and contacting people and begging and pleading, and we've secured, in principle, which means 90% in, of course, uh, Paul Putner. Now, Paul Putner is one of those people who they don't know the name, but you see the face and go, oh, him. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Putner was in almost every episode of the Peter Serafinowicz show and Little Britain. He's been in Downton Abbey recently. He was in Time, Gentlemen, Please. Uh, he is most well not not most well known because it was a deleted scene he played a taxi a cabbie in Shaun of the dead so when just after Shaun meets up with um bumps into daisy you know from space and they have a chat about how you're doing um it's because there's you know there's a a, a train strike or whatever so he gets in a cab yeah and this is a really short clip where you on paul putner's the cabbie and he's like yeah, this bloke came up to me and he was like, Ugh! and I was like, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, mate. I told him to get out of my cab, you know, and that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just ended up on the cutting room floor. But he did get to play a zombie, apparently, uncredited in the film. So I have to look out for where he is. Uh, but mm-hmm. he's 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 friends with, you know, David Walliams and Edgar Wright and all that lot anyway. And I had a call with him uh, last Sunday um, to talk about it a bit more. Uh, he's He's already... Uh, lending us a really vintage Return of the Living Dead T-shirt that Amazing. he's found in his attic. It's cool. the original like movie poster. He yep. said it's a bit musty and a bit moldy. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, our no. lead actress is having that. Our, uh, our lead actress who's playing Kells the punk because her yes. character is her name is Kelly Quigley and she's wearing the the red sleeveless jacket, a bit like Linnea Quigley from mm-hmm. Return of the Living Dead. So really meta to have that T-shirt. So he said, Yeah, you can borrow a T-shirt. Um, so he has agreed, uh, his agent has said he's agreed in principle and we're allowed to use his name in the Kickstarter. Fantastic. Say, if all goes well, um, you know, we, we get the funding to afford him and his availability is fine. He's agreed to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the big one that came in a couple of days ago, Sophie Aldred from Doctor Who. I was, when we uh, we did your show a couple of months back, you uh, mm. you said you were trying and I was hoping you were going to say that. Well, I was I was trying, but I didn't have the the cojones to actually. Um, or you intended them. to? I I, I can't remember. I was if intending you said, to, yeah. and I was like, yeah. oh, would w- would she? Would she? And I thought she might. So in the end, I uh, I can't remember whether I used the phone first or emailed them. I think I emailed them, and I got through to the, her agent, and her agent was really nice, and she goes, "Well, this certainly, you know, we haven't seen the script yet, but this certainly sounds like something Sophie would be interested in." Um, unfortunately, she's in on touring in um new zealand and australia until the middle of may but we'll get back to you then i thought well it's halfway through the kickstarter you know Mm -hmm. and then she got back to me the day after and said i've just spoke to sophie she's interested she's agreeing in principle i'm like what that's amazing so she goes can you send us a script i said yeah and i said she said what role is it i said well there's two roles uh one role is a museum lecturer like a tour guide who talks about some of the Egyptian stuff and then she has a bit of an argument and puts the caretaker in his place. And I said, the smaller role then is like in the epilogue, it's just a school teacher who's telling, taking the kids around the museum, some youngsters. Yeah. And she's got like one line. And I thought, well, 
they'll pick the one line one because they're in and out, you know. And she's like, no, Sophie wants the better part. I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough. And I said, <laughs> have whatever is it you okay want. <laughs> to use her name? So like, yeah, yeah, put her in there. It's okay to use her name. So Amazing. that's two. That's really and, cool. Will and we... this afternoon, I bit the bullet again, picked up the phone because I'm beg- I'm turning into the guy who phones people instead of using emails. I I think you need to. It's way more direct, isn't it? Yeah, because people ignore your emails, you know. Um, So I picked up the phone after, because I was considering this guy for a long time, and I called the agent. The thing is, this goes out live. I can't, because the guy hasn't agreed in principle. This isn't going out live. This can go out whenever you want. So No, I mean, what what I'm trying to say is if, if this goes out publicly and I start dropping names, it just dawned on me that, would I get into trouble for you know because they're not they're not ironclad you know they're not actually a shoe in Paul Putner and Sophie Aldred yes they've agreed in principle as long as I say that yeah but if I drop Henry oh, Henry I... Cavill's a maybe is that what you're saying <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah basically let let's use the uh, let's use the uh, the the, the stand in name Henry Cavill well, yeah, okay yeah sure Henry if you name drop Henry Cavill what's the knows. worst that could happen it's fine yeah but, all right. I won't even say the guy's name, so I don't get in. Trouble, That's fair but... enough, but but it's sounding very promising, anyway. Is is you know? Yeah, basically, I, I just called the guy up straight away, the agent, and I said, "Look, I'm interested in blah 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 blah. Is he available?" And mm. they said, "When are you shooting?" And I said, uh, "Kind of September, and it'll be going ongoing through 2024." And they said, "No, that's good because he's in a play at the moment uh, till September, but he may be free afterwards." That's brilliant. It's like a day's work. Yeah, and so you could work around is... his schedule then yeah. at that point. This guy is no longer a massive, massive British star, but he's someone, he's an absolute icon. Everyone knows who he is. You say his name and everyone goes, yeah, oh, what a, what a, what a guy. So it's like he had his heyday in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still working these days, but he's basically a, a much loved British icon. And the chances are, I spoke to the agent I spoke to, super nice, said, send me the script, uh, tell me what the part is. And I gave him a quick rundown of what the film's about. Sure. He said, yeah, it sounds it sounds fun. So if we get this guy, I'll be oh, over the Sounds moon. exciting. I mean, sorry to the, the viewers or, or, or the listeners who are watching this and going, why didn't they say the name? It's cause, well, that's, cause he hasn't agreed yet. I, I think they can. I think everyone can understand why. I mean, you know. Yeah. And uh, what, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you off air who, who the guy is. Oh, yeah. And, I need uh, to know. You'll that. understand <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it is really exciting because if he comes mm. in, although he's no longer like, a list or it's, it's a name everyone's day. going to to recognize um, one million percent everyone's going to go you got him oh my god and you know it's uh, we got a weird connection due to some a cartoon he voiced years ago but that's as far as i can go right uh, we know the people who we both know and have worked with the person who made the cartoon anyway okay so Right. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'll stop doing the vague nonsense. So you, uh, you can see I've got. I was going to say you've been you've been uh, clearly using the 3D printer and uh... mine. Uh, I sold my 3D printer oh, uh, okay. last year. Did that go into Martin. the funds for for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I did hire a guy to 3D print this. It's all. This is just the top half. Uh, it weighs an absolute ton. It's it looks great in total. That's just the top half. I mean, it's it's obviously a patchwork quilt at the moment because he's not painted. Well, of course. Um, but uh, he's glued together. He's all in one piece. I've just got to put the hands on and the sticks and everything that he holds in his big beard thing. Mm. And then we're going to start making him look like he's made of stone with some paint on it. It looks incredible. Um, it, yeah, we bought that as a 3D model online for about 10 quid. Mm. And um, 
the guy I hired to 3D print that for me did it in hundreds of pieces. It took him months because he's got about five or six printers anyway. Yeah. And uh, the original plan was to have five of these for the different, the five different mummies or four, four mummies in a pharaoh. But when I found out the price of that, I was like, let's just stick with the one. You could, you can duplicate and put more in, you know. We will use it many times all over the museum, you know, so why not? You know, I may even like get some footage of it against the green screen. And well, I was CD thinking you could to, yeah. to pop them in. So there's four in a row or mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. And then they could also tweak the color or whatever. That's good. So I'm, um, I'm a little bit terrified and also really excited at the same time. That's I'm checking my fun. my Gmail constantly for this thing from Kickstarter to say, A, you have to change something or B, it's all go, press submit. You know? I, I feel like it's going to be fine. But yeah, I, if I was in your I've, position, I'd feel exactly the same, for sure. Oh, I'll tell you what else we've got, which we're going to be offering in the Kickstarter as little prizes. Uh, and this may interest you as well. Mm. Um, hang on. Was it you who told me about it originally? Because I forget who I talked to. Um, basically, I was talking to someone on Instagram about when you have to have blood in a scene, right? Mm. And I was like, I talked to our makeup uh, girl and she said well i've got a, a formula for for fake blood that doesn't stain you know because i was like right every time i've used blood in a in a film where i got beaten up and stuff it was golden syrup with food coloring mm -hmm. but that does go very pink and i had a pink beard and a pink face and it stains the floor she goes no i've got this stuff that is that is washable you know and it doesn't i thought well that's cool and then someone like i said it might have been you so apologies if i've forgotten it was you said to me, have you seen this guy called Scott Prop and Roll on Instagram? He's an American guy, works in the movies, and he makes fake everything. That so was not me. Hammers out of rubber, breeze blocks, wow, okay. broken glass that you can bend and all it, smashable bottles. And he's he did this clip where he's lying on the floor, completely motionless, surrounded by blood, like someone just caved his head in. And he gets up and goes, oh, Look at this mess. And he just peels up the puddle because it's made of urethane rubber. Oh, that's amazing. So what they've done is they poured the urethane rubber with red in it onto a piece of glass, let it set. And you, it, it looks like a wet puddle. You put it down. And that's incredible. Perfect. So I've dubbed them What an them ingenious bloodles. idea. Yeah. Bloodles. Puddle of blood. That's fantastic. Um, so have you made some? Have you, have you tried uh, yet? Well, my, my mate Clive, who does is doing the silicon masks and stuff, he uses urethane all the time. And I said, could you make these? He said, piece of cake. So he's going to make me a load. Um, so when we're dressing, you know, we have places that we're hiring out, we can just put a few of those on the floor and we'll have some CG stuff. Maybe we'll have some of that washable stuff, but it minimizes the oh, cleanup. Cleanup, and it, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you've got people running around getting slashed. I don't really want to throw buckets of blood around like a Peter Jackson film. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, Ah, oh, spinning steel suckers. <laughs> but I think mummies, mummies are going to be like dusty and creaky rather than. Oh, I assumed it was victims, not mummies. Um, well, yeah, mummies are uh, the victims are going to be bleeding, you know, in places. It is bloody um, students after all. Well, I want them very bloody and dirty at the end of it, you mm -hmm. know. Um, not like swimming pools worth of blood, not like Renfield. From what I've heard, I'm not. I'm not seen Renfield yet. I'm. Um, I'm. I'm unsure about Renfield. <laughs> Um, I've heard it's really good, but it's really over the top. I I like the uh, this is an aside. I love the concept. Um, I I love the concept of Renfield as as a, a, an abused uh, spouse. Yeah, going going to a type thing that I love, and I was completely on board. The thing I don't 
think works for me and it might just be a trailer thing but i just feel like giving him superpowers undercuts uh the the joke and the the kind of yeah, fun idea for like, me i was like well now he seems like he could probably beat up dracula which is kind he of should be pathetic shouldn't he yeah he like for me that pathetic. i love the concept I, it was just when i saw that in the trailer i was like oh now i'm not so sure but i think the yeah. main thing about that film and I, I said this on the movies made us do it just now actually the, the only thing that matters to me is that nick cage looks like he's having a good time and as long as nick cage is having a good time i'm happy it's all that matters well, I, I did see the first, I, I did find a viewable copy online, which was obviously not the best quality. Sure. And I watched the first sort of five minutes. And then I, at that point, I thought, nah, this deserves like a decent viewing, so I won't bother. Sure. But in the first 10 minutes, it, it shows a little bit. I'm not spoiling anything, but it's like he shows him in his, you know, support class talking about it. Yeah. And the first girl speaking is, oh, my partner was a monster, a real monster. And he's looking at her like, <laughs> you know, you got problems. Uh, then there's a little bit of a voiceover. Hi, my name's Renfield, and I don't know. Um, and then they, he, when he starts talking about his story, it cuts to black and white, and nice. they've done a complete recreation of the Bella Lugosi Dracula. Well, so I he had heard his, that Nick Cage is yeah, doing Lugosi's Nick Cage Dracula. Comes down right? the stairs, I am Count Dracula. Amazing. And it's like, that's really, really good. Yeah. It looks like, you know, 1930s. Um, but that's as far as I got. And I'm like, well, mm. you know. I, I'm going to watch it eventually. I, I'm just, uh, you know. Yeah. So Yeah, the, the, there is this thing that Renfield is supposed to be this, you know, absolute baldrick, isn't he? He's like the lowest of the low. And it's, yeah, you know, it's I mean, I, but I, I just think that the dynamic kind of gets a little, you know, I, I love the idea of this, this like meeting and he's just talking about being abused by his partner and his partner turned out to be trying. That is hilarious. I yeah. just don't think the the point where I feel like, oh, well, he could probably fight back looking at the powers he's got. That's like, oh, that kind of takes the edge off the comedy for me. But, you it know, does. I'll but wait. They may do something else with it. I guess, Absolutely. I guess they did that. I guess he's probably, probably dependent on Dracula for the power, which is probably what they'll do, which, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think, I'm sure it kind of, because, you know, I can eat cockroaches all day and not get superpowers. So yeah. it may be something like filtered through Dracula's influence or mm -hmm. something. So. I guess they must have thrown that in to say, well, what else can we do to Renfield yeah. that hasn't been seen before? So, sure. I yeah. mean, they might do it in a way that, um, like you say, it's it's dependent on his power or, um, or something. Yeah. I mean, it kind of, like you said, it kind of begs the question, uh, let me guess, he's going to use that power at the last minute to kill Dracula or something. Something, to, yeah. Know. Yeah. Because he's always got that to fall back on. So who knows? Who knows? I was kind of, um, I, to be honest, I kind of hope the movie ends with them patching up their differences and deciding to continue evil. That would be like the perfect ending for me. It's like Dracula well, agrees to just treat him a little bit better and they continue to conquer the world. <laughs> you know, I was, that's the British movie maker's yeah, idea yeah, of yeah. an ending, right? Uh -huh. um, I remember go, when I went to see Independence Day in the cinema with my boss years ago, he came out and he said, I thought that was really good, but he said, if this was a British film, the aliens would have won. <laughs> He's probably right. I'm yeah. like, you're right. You're right. In America, there's always this kind of weird morality that they have in everything. Bad guys have to get their comeuppance and good guys have to win. Mm. And um, do you remember the film? And the, and I if we do we win, see. If, if I feel like if we do win, it's like a War of the Worlds scenario where it's like, well, we didn't win. They caught a yeah. cold and died. We, we, we had, got we, lucky. Yeah, we got yeah. lucky. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? Um, the film Deep Blue Sea, uh, mm. it was um, Thomas Jane from The Punisher, yeah. Samuel Jackson, LL Cool J, and there was obviously there's a shark in this. It's genetically this, uh, modified sharks? Is I that, think it I is, yeah. right? Yeah. And 
people get bumped off and killed and stuff. And Samuel Jackson's uh, he manages to escape until three quarters of the way through the film. I'm going to spoil this for some people now. It's an old but film, I think. It's he's been a good guy. He's been a good guy. But then he makes this speech. He he sort of has his little monologue and talks about how something happened in the past, and as a result, he just he made the choice to sacrifice a lot of people, which instantly makes him a bad guy. And seconds later, the shark jumps from behind him and just bites him in half. Karma shark. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It's a kind of oh, we can't kill him off yet. We've got to give him a reason to. You know, <laughs> oh, no. the audience. Samuel Jackson's we'll too likable. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> We'll give him a, a, a do you think that was an on the day morality on the day decision someone on the crew was like hang on a minute he's been a good guy though like yeah we and then they were like oh well let's just quickly write this speech let's make him deplorable quick yeah say something say you do. i once pushed a granny into oncoming traffic <laughs> ah it's yeah a karma shark that would be a really funny concept wouldn't it because of like um karma ghost or some kind of karma but slasher, a shark. basically <laughs> He wants to attack people, and he hears that they're really like virtuous really and righteous. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, I can't kill him now." And someone says, "Yeah, but then, then I, I when I was five, I tripped my kid, my my <laughs> brother over into a into a, a nest of brambles. Yeah, bro, oh, okay. yeah. that makes you fair game. There you go. That could, yeah. Uh, well, like he you never, know, like a horror movie where they never kill anyone because everyone they happen upon like, oh, turns out to be okay. Yeah, the Flash has got a conscience. Yeah, yeah, he's just got this really like, annoying oh, moral compass. I've always wanted to be a slasher, but I'm just not know, very the good only way this. I can do it and sleep at night is knowing I killed people who have done bad things, like like Dexter. You know, he's like, yeah. I've got this dark passenger, but they have to be bad. If they've got an ounce of goodness about them, I, well, I can't really it's polish just them off. I feel bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> There's something in so, there. Uh, so let, I want to ask you about the twelfth day um, because you're doing like well Sunday shoots and stuff. Aren't we you? are, yeah, yeah. Uh, before we do that though, just very quickly, you you've managed to, in principle, secure Sophie. Yep. And uh, obviously follow you on Instagram and and bloody students on Instagram. Uh, and uh, you have made in in reference to Ace, you have made an Ace like jacket. Yeah, yeah. Are they do they share a scene? Do you know if they? Well, I guess you do know if they share a scene because you've written the 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 roles. Um, do you know what they don't? Oh, they never don't. Um, my original plan, even before I considered Sophie Aldred, was to throw in some pop culture references. I mean, everyone yeah. in the film has got a name based on something. So, sure. Fordy, the main male character, Ford. is from Ford Prefect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trish is from Trisha McMillan. That's Trillion. Oh, nice. Um, uh, her surname is McMillan in the film as well. And um, the character wearing the ace jacket, her name is Benny. Her uh, surname is Douglas, which is Douglas Adams. But Benny comes from, there's a Doctor Who audio character on Big Finish called uh, Bernice Summerfield. And they call her okay. Benny for short. Right. So it's kind of that. Um, I, I, now I'm gonna, you're going to get a phone call from Nick Briggs going, tell that guy to change the name or I'm suing him. Um <laughs> And you've got Tim. Nick Briggs, Tim a well-known is... viewer of this show. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, you'd be surprised. Mm. <laughs> um, he's got, got his spies everywhere. Yeah. You know, like his Nick Briggs' minions all eating cockroaches and coming to get you. Um, but uh, Tim is, is named after Tim Burton. Yeah. Kells is Kelly Quigley. So uh, Linnea Quigley. And um, no, I, I just wanted, you know, some pop culture references and stuff I in there. I love it. Yeah. So, um, and it's period and it, accurate as well. It works. 
Yeah, you don't have to get it, but it's like it just helps. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things. If you watch it again and you see the small print or the IMDb trivia and it says, oh, the Benny character's wearing a jacket like Sophie Aldred from Ace, mm -hmm. uh, from Doctor Who, whether she was in it or not. But now, um, she is obviously, I'm pretty sure, you know, Hannah, my actress, who's from Bristol, by the way, I keep saying, yeah. she's going to be wearing that. And, um, you know, I'm sure she'll be around. So we'll get, um, we'll get, Sophie Alder to put the jacket on. I'm sure oh, she'll be like, oh, yeah, that would be amazing. And there's no, it's it's not a copy of the. the no, Doctor it's a nice homage though. And and as it's soon as you posted it, stuff on. And, yeah, as soon as you posted you know. it, I I got the reference immediately. I was like, oh, nice. You know, some people, get an ace a lot of reference. people just comment that jacket looks ace. Um, yeah. Some people just going too many patches on that, and you're like, you ah, know, you're missing the. Point. That's all right. That's all right. Because you don't have to get it. Um, by the way, Hannah got engaged yesterday, so oh, congratulations well, to Congratulations to Hannah. Um, yeah. That's awesome news. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we'll, we'll finish the film before she's actually married, but you know, these things. Yeah. No, yeah. no. If, if it goes like off-world, she'll have six kids by the time we finish it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and grandchildren, probably. But no, um, I'm, really, I'm really positive now because we've That's got great. Paul Putner, who's when people see his face, they'll go, oh, the guy from yeah. you know the comedy stuff and obviously uh, Downton Abbey most recently. Um, that will bring in a certain number of people, a little bit of kudos. The Sophie Aldred thing will certainly bring in the interest from the geeks and the Whovians. Absolutely. Uh, and um, mystery person as well, if that happens. And mystery person, anyone who, anyone sort of our age and younger will know who he is. Yeah. And um he he i think he's recently been in one of the britain's biggest soaps occasionally i don't watch it mm. but i think he's in it quite regularly so you'll you'll spot him from that mm -hmm. so that's good and um and uh yeah i think i mean that's exactly what the plan is to get a couple of slightly better known names in because it'll push the awareness absolutely of the film and hopefully yeah 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 i mean like you said even if Sophie Aldred will even if it's a couple of scenes film. or one scene it's 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 name yeah, recognition cameos. yeah yeah and it's awesome and, anyway um, you know. yeah i'm my, my confidence has gone up a bit because i think last time i spoke to you i was like oh i should jack all this in it's too much i think you were at you a know, bit but, of a low point which i i feel I've, like I've, every zero budget filmmaker goes through you 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 go you get to that point where you're like oh, why am i doing what this? am i doing should i do yeah this? i've got I've, I've literally now got under a tenner in my bank account but there's money tied up in the bloody students fund from from like I've been savings and things like that. And I'm like, well, I don't have to be struggling for food and paying the bills. And I could just dig out of that. But uh, I don't want to, you know, no. I mean, no one's forcing me to, to be broke or whatever. Well, no, of course. But at the end of the day, if you want to do that thing, then you've got to stick to it. So, I'm, yeah. you know, quite. Um, but um, suffer for your art. I know, right? And and like a, a couple of people have said to me today because they've seen I put a post up on Instagram that says after this film, no more Kickstarter crowdfunding. I saw that. I was going to ask you about. And that. I think a few people have taken it the wrong way, as if I'm going, oh shit! I'm, no, I'm I took it as I actually took it as a as a as a positive. You were like, no, no, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna live and or die on this this Kickstarter. We're yeah, doing and it. It's this not is like it. I've got no faith in my abilities. No, uh, and it's not like I'm going. I'm a talentless hack, and if this don't make any money, it's proof I'm a talentless hack. It's more a case of to keep making films via crowdfunder while going broke, you know, while going without, you know, that people go on holidays, and my brothers yeah. have the, the cars, the houses, and the, the regular holidays, and all this malarkey, and I'm, I'm sitting in, you know, 10 layers of clothing, yeah. not paying the electric. Um, it's not a viable 
way. I mean, we've dropped off world to the States and yes, there's no guarantee it's going to make any money back at all, but bloody students is going to do the same kind of thing. And hopefully that will generate some kind of return. If it does awesome, you know, and if, if somebody turns around and says, well, look, we, we off world was all right. Bloody students was good. What's number three. And I'm like, well, you fund it for me and I'll make it, you know, yeah. I'll come up with an idea. Yeah, yeah. But um, if, if it, disappears and i'll be like okay well i've got a million other things i've got other books i want to write i've got you know other little projects and stuff i want to help other people like yourself and and mm. all the other filmmakers i know want to do stuff for them and you know back to acting and all that i'll be fine you know i won't be like oh, i could have been yeah. just like it wasn't to be you know but mm. i'll give it a good bash with this one and we'll just see how it goes let that be the barometer and decide what to do yeah because um, i could write you know, the ideas I've got for films, I could just turn them into books or something or graphic novels or, you know, I'd have more time to do that. Yeah. So that's what it's all about, really. It's not a case of I'm um, like, I you agree. Know, yeah. And I don't want to keep nagging people. You know, I want to be back in three years' time and going, hi, everyone. I am once again asking you for your money. You know, well, like, the oh, thing oh, is, you know, people do go back to the well of Kickstarter constantly. A lot of people projects. do. You're right. You're right. You know, and, and it's a nice, you know, I, I like the concept of Kickstarter a lot. You know, yeah. people people can pay for what they want. Rather than a a, a studio or a Netflix or whoever dictating what you will watch. Have that. Here is the latest Star Wars. Watch you that. You will like it. <laughs> you get to to basically fund from the ground up what do you want? What do you want to see? What would you like? You yeah. know. And obviously there's there's pros and cons to that in terms of how much control you give people within the Kickstarter, because that can be a minefield in itself. Candid, you know, yeah. if you if you give them, you know, hey, you can start you can help write the script. Like, oh God. You know, um then you've Imagine got that. <laughs> then you've got a committee of, you know, hundreds of people telling you uh, what they do and don't want. That but, would be a crazy, crazy experiment and quite scary. Yeah. 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 Um but I, I but love yeah, the concept, and I don't think there's you any, know, you know, shame in it or or whatever. No, if you but there do are decide people who have said to me over the last few years that they don't like crowdfunding, they don't understand it. It's begging. It's this. It's that. It's taking money out. Of it's not begging. You're like... providing a product. They that people yeah, are yeah. paying for a product, and they they get rewards, and they 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 get a product. I I don't. Hmm. Yeah. No, and and also begging is is almost guilt tripping someone. You know, if if you walk past someone in the street who's begging for money, I've never seen you, you might... beg online for for anything. No, I say if you like never. this, you know, feel free to contribute. If you don't like it, fine. Yeah, you know? yeah, you're not telling people. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. not putting a gun to their head, but also I'm not guilt tripping people going, "Well, this film's not going to get made unless the public help me." I'm not doing that. No, you know, like I say, if, if I walk past a homeless person and I, I, you know, I didn't give them any money, you know, I'm, I'll say, I'm not gonna be cutting my wrists about it but i'll still be like kind of uh, am i a bad person because i didn't you know mm. um but that's a little bit of a guilt thing but i say i'm gonna make the film somehow whether i yeah. get help or not you know so it's more a case of i think this is a cool idea much like the other people on kickstarter they they're making i've just invented a, a salt cellar in the shape of r2d2 and they're like oh that's cool you know help me make it you know, mass produce it or video games or all these other things yeah. you know yeah. Um, I, I, I can't get my head around the people who think it's a really evil thing, crowdfunding. I, I guess it, you either either vibe with it or you don't. You, um, you, yeah, you either get it or not, you know. Um, it's a new way someone... of thinking as well. I think a lot of people that are more traditional in their, the, you know, the way things yeah. should be funded and the way things should yeah. be, it, it, it's a different 
uh, approach, isn't it? I yeah, yeah. I've had people saying, "Well, if you believe in it that much, you should pay for it all." It's like, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Well, funny. if I had the money, I would. That's yeah, exactly. I mean, um, someone on Instagram said to me today, um, "This is the same person who said it was akin to begging." Uh, they said that, um, well, from what I understand, people who crowdfund have plenty of money and they're just being greedy because they don't want to spend their own money. I'm like, dude, that's well, that might be the case for some people. That ain't the case for me, certainly. If I, I had the I, money, I'd make it myself. I think, unfortunately, there have been a number of uh, a number of instances of very wealthy celebrities uh, or or celebrities in their sphere. Uh, using kickstarter and it has given it unfortunately i think it, it it's kind of colored some people's opinions to where they think oh well actually you've got all of this money because i've seen this person on kickstarter you know who had all this money and they already had their own video game studio so mm. you know clearly you could afford it and it's like well no because that's there, there are people that are using kickstarter that probably shouldn't because yeah. what Kickstarter, the 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 original intent of Kickstarter, the ethos of Kickstarter, is exactly what you're doing, right? Yeah, that that's what it's for. It is helping people who would not normally have access to funding and grants yeah. and whatever to do what they think is a good idea. And the proof of the pudding mm. will is be the general public, like you say, voting with their with their with their, with their money wallet. going. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. I want to put money into that. Yeah. Um, let's. I mean, I, I just was looking up films and stuff that got funded via you know crowdfunding over the day there was a veronica mars film that came out with Kristen bell you know the it was like a reunion movie because veronica right. mars was a tv series it was um, yes i can't remember if it was joss whedon was behind it or someone else it was like that she was like a sort of investigative reporter but all the fans got together and chipped in like a couple of million and they made a veronica mars movie not that long ago via kickstarter so that's great and then there was iron sky do you remember that Oh my goodness, I'd forgotten about Iron Sky. Nazis on the moon. Yeah. Um, then there was Dead Snow. Dead uh, which Snow, was a, yeah. You know, the Nazis in, in, sort of dug up in, in the Alps or whatever, and it's the, the best tagline of a film ever. Ein, zwei, die! <laughs> yeah, that's that a fantastic tagline. Yeah. Um, and, I, watched um, a, I was watching Zach a movie. Braff. Yes. Zach Braff. He's crowdfunded quite a few things of his own, you know, because he wanted to be an independent filmmaker. And they were like, you're Zach Braff off the scrubs. You you mm. must have plenty of money. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Not, and no. not necessarily to just chuck into a project. No. You no. know. I mean, it, it could be tied up in other things. He might have an expensive mortgage, so he can't. Well, yeah. Just yeah. You're not going to risk it. I mean, he may have a family and not be want to risk the, <laughs> the security of his family and on a film. And to that's a certain fair extent, enough. whether you like Zach Braff or not, you know, he's basically being entrepreneurial and going well i've got a pretty big fan base because of scrubs i wonder if they'll help and i you think know? i've got a cool idea that people would yeah. want to find and again you're not forcing anyone to do again it. yeah it's not greedy as in give me more of that pie it's more like uh if you want to give me some pie i'm happy to eat it you yes. know it's not like but, but equally i'm not pie. gonna i'm not gonna knock down your door asking for it i'm just no, you no. know here it is, chip in if you like. You know, and I've had this issue over 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 years with people saying, "Well, it's not fair." I mean, you know, you should be paying for it all yourself. I'm like, well, if I if I could, I would, and I wouldn't need the hassle of a crowdfunder. But uh, crowdfunding is a great idea, yeah. And it's done, you know, yeah, yeah. it's done wonders for lots of the I say things. A lot of things have been made, and video games, especially, and things like that, have made millions. You know, I'm not they asking have. for millions. No, I I watched a a, a film uh, a couple of 
days ago actually that i've just remembered was was kickstarted um i yeah. i believe it's a series now of films um my my best Ooh. friend was talking about this this because i i'm i'm a big fan of like you know kind of fantasy film um and uh she was talking her her and her husband were, were watching uh, a, a series of films called mythica and i okay. never heard of it before uh, and I yeah. was like, okay. And she was like, well, you know, it's low budget and it's cheesy, but it's like, you know, traditional fantasy films. I yeah. was like, oh, I might give that a go. And I was having a bit of a bad week. And I thought, oh, I'll just ch- chuck it on. It's on freebie, right? So I can just watch it for free. I don't have to pay right. for it or whatever. And it was quite an enjoyable, you know, and apparently they get better as they go on. This is the first yeah. film that they made, but it was kickstarted. Uh, it was it was crowdfunded. And I was like, yeah, there you go. It's a, It was obviously someone's passion project. And, uh, yeah. you know, they rolled with it. And that eventually became a series of films that people you know now presumably appreciate because they're 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 continuing i think they're making another one as i looked on wikipedia there's another one to be announced you know to be confirmed when you know when the release date is but it's in production so you know it could you know you could have bloody students trilogy. you never know who knows yeah exactly could be it could be a trilogy for all we know um it's got to start somewhere, and I don't. Yeah, I really don't understand. I I think it's a maybe a generational thing or just an ethos thing. Yeah, I've I mean, never look at it. Kevin Smith. You know, in order to make Clerks, yeah. you know, he had a sixteen millimeter camera that he hired and stuff, and but he had to max out both his parents' credit cards, mm-hmm. you know, to make those films, and then yeah. pay to get it to um, Sundance or whatever. Um, but there was no crowdfunding at the time. You no. Know? So, uh, you know, I mean, this is. Yeah, I don't have people with credit cards to max out, unfortunately, and I can't. I don't have the credit. You know, I wouldn't want to do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't exactly. want to take money from other people. Like, you, like putting up a Kickstarter is one thing. Like asking yeah. to to max out your friend's credit card is yeah, quite another. Have a you know, ten, uh, twenty grand on, on two credit cards, and, and uh, you might get it back. You might never get it back. That's the difference, isn't it? You're not maxing out anyone's credit cards. You're just asking yeah. if they would like to throw in five quid, ten quid, twenty quid. You don't have yeah. to throw in your whole credit card and yeah. bit by bit the crowd will fund your your project you know exactly and it, then it, they get know, product it, at the end so you know i mean if i could get if i could reach a million people and they all gave me a pound there you go be an amazing film and people yeah. wouldn't feel ripped off they'd be like wow well, that was good value into that but i get to watch a movie <laughs> yeah it's you know? good value yeah yeah and uh, again that goes back to why i want you know people like sophie aldred to make cameos uh, because you reach a bigger crowd um, yeah so who knows who knows um exciting yeah it's scary it's a weird crossroads for me at the moment because obviously Mm. the one film is finally out of my hands and yeah congratulations for that you know into the system uh and they're they're gonna you know set up their 2023 sales strategy or whatever Mm -hmm. and um you know they'll they said they'll they'll update us at the state of what the first thing i heard that the ceo of the distribution company is like i really want to cut a trailer this i was like okay we'll see what you do with it you know yeah go for it that'd be interesting it's like my have you got a turd polishing department <laughs> um, he's like no but we've got a big vat of glitter that you can pour on it um all right great do that um and again it's, you look at some other films that be movies and it's like i i don't profess to be uh have brilliant movies but you know you do i'm not at the bottom of the barrel <laughs> there are there's yeah. always some that yeah, are going to yeah. be still getting distribution and stuff that are not as good mm. so i'm i'm happy with being at the, the the bottom end of the barrel as long as i'm not sure. literally on the bottom yeah you know? yeah 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 and again like you say the, the films that you make and the films that uh, i've been making uh, or 
plan to make. These may be our our bad taste brain dead uh, equivalents <laughs> or Shaun of the Dead kind of thing, you know. Um, you know, if somebody said, if working title came to me and said, we can only find you five million for your next film, I'd be like, that'd be it. Get the nowhere near out. enough. I've made it in life. <laughs> you know, more. I don't need, I don't think I'd know what to do. Would you know what to do with $250 million budget? Two hundred. Hey, no, I wouldn't, wouldn't have. I like the cut of your jib. Here's two hundred and fifty million. Go for it. He like what? What would it? I don't. I can't even conceive of that much money. You can't, can you? It's like it's suddenly. Uh, I just well. feel like I don't. Am I being like I? I appreciate that it. You know, there, there's uh, where you shoot, mm. right? Because you're like, okay, well, I've got two hundred fifty million. Guess I'll film in downtown LA for a laugh. Yeah, you know. Um, VFX artists need to be paid. Actors need to be paid. Um, I just feel like once you're like over the, the you know, if you're like 250 million, you are misspending somewhere. It's squandering. Like, it's it like... feels crazy to me. Like, I'm just like, really? I mean, I know it's like Avengers, but could you I'll, have I'll you not example, done it cheaper? Right? I'll give you an example. When I, you know, I worked in Pinewood Studio for 10 weeks. Yeah. Uh, one of the last jobs I did was to help cast up a minion from the you know the, the oh, despicable okay. me yeah, yeah they had these minions uh, that were about this tall two foot tall separate arms and legs so we cast it up and we because basically someone said i really want one of those he was like it, having a, a visit with our boss who's also a bristolian he's back in mm. bristol now but they they, had, they were having a visit and they saw it in the corner of his office and said oh is that for sale and he's like no have you got the moles yeah can i have one he's like yeah we'll cast one up for you I think it was priced up at about two and a half grand. Wow. Right. So over the course of three or four weeks, it paid for me and three or four other people the wages, you know, yeah. to, to finish this thing off and molt and make it and paint it and finish it. And so I was like, nowadays you could do it on 3D printing for yeah. a tenth of that, you yeah. know? And that's bigger. That's mm -hmm. bigger and it costs a lot less than two and a half grand, right? Yeah. And it's like that's what happens when we were in Pinewood and we needed to get, we had to go to the, there's a on-site juice and store where you'd get mm -hmm. rubber gloves and, yeah. and drill bits and things like that. We'd go over and get like 10 boxes of rubber gloves for sanding and all this. And the price on those, it's like, we only need like, I need, I need like three pairs and they're like, go and get a box of 200 yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, then the, juice the, them will the... mark them up because they're on site at Pinewood. They know they're a necessity. It's like yeah. mother care. You have to buy it. So we're going to put the prices up. It's like, oh, yeah, these are uh, 200 pairs of gloves in a box. Uh, uh, 300 quid, mate. And you're like, what? You know, it's like everything. The price has got, like you say, I want to hire a place. Uh, first place I went to was in Newport and they said, yeah, it's a 700 pound a day plus VAT. And I'm like, all right, well, that's, I, I'm out. Cause yep. I told you I had a budget of 20 grand, for example. And they were like, well, we want all of that. And I'm like, no, that's <laughs> wow. the entire that's movie. That's not going to work, is it? Yeah. You know, so I, I found some other places that are a heck of a lot cheaper and you scale down and you make things fit. And I said, yeah. if somebody came to me with a 250 million budget, I'm like, well, you either spend all that budget on Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> and his, well, his entourage i guess yeah uh, or you it's like right give me give me 250 pounds i'm gonna give you 50 movies <laughs> over the next 10 years because 
I don't need that much money for one film. No, you know? or or everyone gets paid very well. Yeah, <laughs> we all have parties every night because we've all Insanely you know we've been working well. for a you know half a million a day or something. It's ridiculous. Well, you give me two hundred and fifty million, and I will deliver to you this twenty-five pound film. Yeah, Deal. because I've, I've had a real party. <laughs> <Really? laughs> um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's £25 just on the film and the rest went on a cruise afterwards. It's an inconceivable amount of money. Um, see, when you get like, you're, when you're at like a million, two million, you're like, okay, that's people properly paid. You're you're filming on locations. You're you're, you're doing it all. You know, decent yeah, equipment. Film. That's fine. I understand that. But once yeah. you're in the hundreds of millions, I'm like, I don't even know what you're doing. And movie. also, you know, there's the, you know, your average blockbuster now has to spend about $15 million on marketing alone, just advertising. Yeah, well, that's, so, that's the, you know, it's almost half the budget, back, right? Haven't you? So yeah. before you go into, Crazy. Um, in, into profit, you've got to earn the $15 million on top of your budget back. So that's yeah. why a lot of films just do not, you know, they've got to make, apparently, they, I think the, the formula is roughly you've got to make one and a half times your budget back you know to be considered right. in profit or something like that so it's like dang that's a whole maths and numbers ball game that I just <laughs> imagine the stress of that because if you're paid 250 million then you have to you have to <laughs> like better be good yeah you know and you, and you get into situations like where you know directors are thrown off films and ron howard has to come in and fix it and uh, mm. spielberg um, you know the shark stopped working, and it was like people were telling him, "Well, you ain't going to work ever again in this in this industry, kid." And he's like, "Oh God, yeah." You know, Imagine your stars are listened. fighting, and your shark's not working, and you go, "I got to film with a shark, but I can't film the shark." It's like, "Oh my God," you know, that was like lightning in a bottle, and you know? everything again went wrong. But he churned out one of the most classic films of all time. No, oh, Jaws is, yeah, unbelievable, absolute classic. Film. It really is. I saw a um, clip of uh, Quentin Tarantino talking about perfect films, sort of subjectively, and he's, he said Jaws is one of the perfect films. And I'm like, can't argue with that, you know. But yeah, when you see the documentary of how bad it went, it actually fills me with hope that even the best filmmakers have all the problems. Oh, of course and... they do. I'm sure, especially early on. You know, once you're once you're at the level where people are getting paid millions, and well, even then, actually, they're they're probably even then, you know. Yeah, I mean, you could have... Because uh, then uh, ego gets really involved when you're at the high-paid actor's end, so it probably yeah, never stops. They want to change the script, and they want to do mm. this and that, and sometimes they don't turn up because they uh, got hospitalized from partying too hard. And, yeah. You know? Yeah. Imagine, imagine being a director who worked with Robert Downey Jr. during his bad during days. During the know? time, yeah. Oh, no. But now, you know, he's, he's an absolute money spinner. But mm. he's a very expensive money spinner, so... You can have him, or you can have someone a wee bit cheaper, uh, <laughs> yeah, who doesn't have as much pull, but at the same time, they're reliable. You know, it's like if, if I just if I manage to secure, let's say Idris Elba, for example, for my for mm. Bloody Students, yeah. right? I'd have to pay him a fortune. He'd 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 bring in a lot of money because people are like Idris Elba. Wow, yeah, now, Idris, if you're watching this, by the way, mate, you more you're than welcome. welcome. Yeah, drop me a line. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it would be quite scary knowing you've got to get a good performance out of Idris Elba and you know, it's a big uh, Did you ever see responsibility? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever see the quote from um it was an interview that John Carpenter did a couple of years right. back now. And he uh <clears throat> the interviewer asked them they were like, "Hey, you know, you don't um you don't score movies anymore. Why don't you score movies anymore?" And he's basically said no one's asked. 
and he was like i would score yes, a movie we for talked free. about this last time oh did we okay my memory is yeah, terrible yeah uh, yeah and it bears repeating because he's he like, was like no, if someone had asked i would have done it for free and i was like oh my god if i could ever bump into you know robert uh john carpenter just be like hey buddy because like my if i could pick any score for like john carpenter is like top like john carpenter at his in his prime those yeah. soundtracks are just incredible you know yeah just it it hits every button for me so i'm like 100 hand, hand up honesty complete disclosure uh the guy i've got working on bloody students uh dj keltec he's oh, dj keltec's great he did the uh he did the vader thing back in the day yeah that yeah. went viral it, got it did he's great and he did the fantastic war of the worlds one as well the the uh jeff wayne's war of the worlds that he yeah. yeah he's great yeah yeah, well, wow, it's a name I haven't heard for a long time, but that's fantastic. He's a, he's a Cardiff guy, and obviously started off being a you know scratch DJ, and he still yeah. he still does all that. But he's getting into um, production in a big way. He's done a lot of um, production scores and stuff that can be licensed out. But I got hold of him and I said, "You know, I know you're getting into synthwave," and he's like, "Well, synthwave, yes, but more dark wave because it's, synthwave good. is happier." Yeah, you know, it's like your Miami Vice type stuff. But dark wave is like he wants to keep it a bit more hip hop beats and you know scary he recently just put out a track called wednesday and it's it's almost like painted black by the rolling stones oh nice uh, with a wednesday thing and it's got it's all synthesized up and it's really good and i said look you know john carpenter scores right he goes yeah i love him love him. i was like i just want that that's what i want yeah, just give, give me, me that as much please. john carpenter as you can do without mm. getting fired and he's like i know all the sounds he uses i know the keyboards he uses like just oh, amazing bring amazing. it in you know escape from new york the fog um Prince of Darkness, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'll layer it up. I can't wait because I want it to look like a VHS movie. You know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear all this wonky synthwave and dark, uh, all retro eighties music. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, it sounds great. Don't get me wrong. I, I got approached um, the other day by a guy I've never heard of before, American, who's got his own studio. He said he scored lots of uh, horror movies and comedy horrors and spoofy stuff and i listened i went to his website and listened to it i'm like this is really good it's orchestral it's all keyboard based and yeah i'm like if i didn't have caltech on board i'd be like let's talk about prices and see if we can get you in see if we can get uh, you it'd be great one. yeah but i've got uh lloyd caltech now That's and i'm fantastic. like he he's he's the man for the job you know yeah. he's got big following himself you know um, yeah 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 well so of course again, i've got rich you know, who, who scores all of my movies and will continue forever yeah. to score my movies i think because he's just you know like he's again you find someone that just does what you it's like that's exactly, exactly. what exactly I want. and you know uh he he delivers that every time i just remembered you were you were saying if someone gave you a proper budget movie you would make yeah like, what would you do and i i mm. realized i thought about this the other day and i messaged my friend this and i think you will appreciate this as a concept um I was like, I I said the other day, I was what was I watching? I was watching Battlestar Galactica, the the uh, original pilot for the original yeah. series, and it and it suddenly dawned on me, and I was like, do you know what? I would love to see, and if someone wants to make this, I won't be I won't be mad if you just take this idea and do it. Uh, maybe someone already has, and someone will tell me that they've done it, and I will watch it immediately. Right. I would love to see a uh, science fiction movie with seventies aesthetic. So like the 70s aesthetic, but earnest, taken seriously. Like yeah. a modern movie with that style, that those visuals, 
Yeah. Serious though. Not like we're not doing a parody. It's not for laughs. Yeah, we're not it's doing not... space balls. No, we're doing a, a a genuinely earnest, serious science fiction film that looks like Silent Running, or it looks like you know what I mean. Like that would be yeah, amazing. Yeah. Like to see a modern film with that aesthetic that takes yeah. it seriously, though not not for jokes, like actually yeah. serious. Um, I'd love it. I'd love to see that. I don't think it would ever happen. See, that's the kind of thing. If you throw money at me, I will do something stupid like that. But, you know, it's, uh, well, you know what, Stranger Things has has kind of done that, you know, they tried to make something from the very first series that is reminiscent of your, even down to the, sure, you know, they've got the 80s, all that kind of, the the Mm. graphics, the opening credits, the the, the aesthetic, it feels like a kind of Spielberg era 80s. I want to see people in like, like, like spacesuits and, you know, yeah, helmets with, you know, LED lights. Yeah, but, you know, uh, I was... Again, I was one of those kids who who saw Battlestar Galactica. Eh, they're just ripping Star Wars off, but I, I grew to love it. You know, mm. that um, is darker than you remember as well. Although having said that, so are a lot of those shows. I mean, Buck Rogers. The the first couple of episodes of Buck Rogers are really dark. It's like, whoa, I forgot how dark this is, and a lot of swearing yeah. as well and stuff. You're, you're like, oh god, it's quite. It becomes very... very campy. It becomes what people associate it with. But early on, it's a uh, it's a dark. A friend show. of mine sold me. The full Buck Rogers the other day. Oh, fantastic! It's like a six or seven disca. Um, I I love. Series. I own it on DVD myself, and uh, I I love Buck Rogers. That that first season is superb. Um, yeah. Season two is a bit I, bit more naff. Patchy, yeah. But I do yeah. love Hawk, and I still think that He's that ship character. design is one of the coolest. Like, it's like you're not going to get cooler than a than a spaceship that's shaped like a hawk. I'm sorry, it's the coolest it's just, design. It's like. Sparrowhawk from Terrorhawk, that awesome. kind of thing. Yeah, it's a like ship awesome. that had claws. It used to grab stuff, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but Buck Rogers, the, the opening. I remember seeing it in the because, like with Battlestar Galactica, they edited yeah. it into a movie and put it out theatrically in the UK, yeah. didn't they? So yeah. I saw it as a kid, and there's the bit when Buck has a bit of a wobbly because he, you know, he's just been. He's like, I'm going to go off into the wastelands of Earth. Yeah, I've had <laughs> enough. And he goes off for a sulk, and he gets attacked yeah. by mutants. I'm like, this yeah. is really scary. It's really scary, and like Earth is just. A radioactive wasteland, though, and and full yeah. of mutants and stuff. It's like, oh my god! And it, it feels very beneath the planet of the apes, kind of. Yes, you know? like, it's wow, very Mega Man type vibe. stuff. But they imagine uh, that, but a movie now, like they make a movie now that looks like that, with modern cameras and stuff, but just yeah. has that aesthetic. I like that aesthetic. I don't know. I think it's the kid in me. I remember watching that stuff as a kid, so I I'm like, yes, give me give me that. You know? Yeah, I mean, there are films like that. There was, I think, there's one called Turbo Kid. I've seen bits of it. Oh, that's um, a film I've always meant to watch, actually. Yeah, yeah, I've seen bits of it. Yeah. My, one of my effects people, uh, she said, "Go watch Turbo Kid. It's an absolute classic because it's done in that '80s VHS style and it's quite earnest as well." I'm actually, uh, Psycho Gorman idea, but... was was a bit like that. I re- I watched that's that. That's the other one I was thinking about. Mm. Yeah, I did see that. So it's like, but that's '80s. Kind it's of... kind of doing the '80s thing. Um, mm. But yeah, good stuff. So um, we've gone oh, off yeah, the rails as we one. always do. <laughs> do you remember Kung Fury? Um, I loved Kung, Kung Fury. Fury. That was that fun. Was kick, that was crowdfunded as well. That was that was a Kickstarter, and they they stretched their goals to where that became a lot longer as well. Because originally it was just going to be a short, and it ended up. So I mean, it was still short, more. but it was what twenty minutes or so, thirty minutes long. Yeah, it was it was yeah, a, it well, became a lot longer because um, right, yeah. you know that was all VFX that 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 <laughs> film. Fantastic fun though. Yeah, but we've 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 gone off on a huge tangent from I always do. Your, uh, I'm sorry, from the twelfth day. Um, oh, the twelfth day. You know, yes. Where 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 are you along the line with it? Um, 
Uh, oh god, I, I want to say. Probably... Are you shooting chronologically? No. Good lord, no, 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 Just no, no. When you can, with who you can, whenever you can. Yeah, I, I've tried to do. The, the the days when everyone needs to be there are scary so just like I do I do the scenes with like a couple of people and you know um and so i've been doing i've been doing scenes with you know with increasingly more people um yeah. but there are scenes that were quite isolated and i was like well i haven't filmed for a while i haven't done anything for a while so saffron and janie were around which we did the coffee shop scene because it was like okay mm. it's just two people i can just focus on you know just focus on getting that yeah that's in the trailer isn't it because um it's in the the, the, the janky trailer yes uh, yeah, you could, i mean fair play to you. you got a trailer out straight away without filming the. Oh, sorry, it was like, three days i think of filming at that point so we, we yeah, had yeah. Uh, a couple of things it was it was mainly because i i this time i decided that i wanted to uh i've been thinking about it for a while i i use vegas usually for for editing um okay and I need I, something like that. Well, so I, I, I decided I want to at least I, do a rough edit myself. I decided to go for it, and I, I, I was like, I am gonna subscribe for Premiere Pro, and I'm okay. gonna learn Premiere Pro. And that's where that trailer came from. Was that I had the Monday off, and I wanted to learn oh, Premiere right, Pro. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I was like, well, I need something to actually edit, and I don't want to start editing scenes necessarily because if I don't get on with premiere pro the, my subscription will not go beyond this month and then i've just like yeah. why would i bother you know so i was like well maybe i can just chuck a trailer together with... and in the end i was like well you know what i'm reasonably happy with this i might just post it up and it's something isn't it um yeah so that's where that came from but yeah so we've done a couple of scenes we did uh the the we've done coffee shop scene we did uh a, a couple of like more horror-y scenes um yeah. and uh yeah it's it's going well i think we're about 50 20 percent of the way through maybe um Ooh. but a lot of it you know it it's it's starting to take shape i think which is the main wow. thing um, good yeah it's just uh yeah it's just uh we're getting onto those those scenes now where we need quite a lot of the cast and um the other thing as well was that obviously it's a film that's meant to be set in winter so a lot of the stuff that was outdoors i wanted to get done because if i don't get it done now well i'm i'm, I'm we've run it's out of time turn into the summer isn't it yeah. well there were a couple of scenes that we still hadn't filmed and we were hoping to do it a couple of weeks ago and one of the actors ended up couldn't make it we put it back to last weekend it was too wet and now i'm like it's spring let's do it in september fine we'll just you know that can go back gotcha. that can go to the end of the year but i was trying to get as much done as i could outdoors now um before spring happened basically and now we'll move indoors for the summer um and okay. uh you know yeah it's coming exactly. together though. yeah it's literally um you, the weather forces you to do stuff and it does that, that does worry me about when you know i've got quite a, a i always seem to have ideas that have more than like five characters in i'm like oh, i try my best i mean this time i was like really determined and and there are very few scenes where everyone's in the room um, oh, on good. purpose but there still are quite a few you know you can't help it really eventually yeah okay. and you know in some of my scenes you know obviously like every film in 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 the genre people get picked off one by one kind of thing so um yeah. so not it gets that I progressively want smaller as you go on yeah it gets easier to handle because you know obviously trying to get everyone's schedules to line up and then i've had so many issues with my i've got a wall planner where i put little stickers on right we can have that day that day that day in this venue and then they've got back to me and said oh sorry we've just decided you can't have this day or that day and you're moving everything around mm. then you go back to the cast and they go well i can do this day but i can't do that day and someone says and you're like what am i gonna do that's the it's thing like, I, everything's I constantly in most. flux and I, I am working up the courage to do that now 
actually. The last two days yeah. I've been procrastinating about sending out that message to everyone, knowing full well that then it becomes the, well, when can people do? Oh, I can't do this day. Oh, well, I can't do that day. Oh, well, I can't. Okay, well, you know. Well, that's it. I can't even um, make a shooting schedule now because I don't know who's going to be available on, say, you know, the last week of September. Yeah. I don't know who's going to be available. So I can't say we're doing this scene for definite. It's almost like they've got to turn up and on the day I'll go, right, everyone turn to page. Well, I know you haven't yeah. rehearsed, but we're going to have to block this out <clears throat> here and now. Because... Yeah, there there is an element of that. Yeah. And I mean... for um, luckily, um, the stuff that I'm filming in September are sort of much smaller scenes in a different area of the museum, which I can shoot in my local community center. Yeah. And um, there's only one scene that involves Paul Putner. Um, it's near the end of the film, so if he comes down for a, a day or two days, you, you know that'll that be affordable done. and doable with him there. Um, and that's you know that's half of his involvement in the film sorted. Um, Sophie Aldred is more taking place in the the daytime um, museum trip, so uh, that's near the start of the film. So. Mm -hmm. We have to nail down a, a venue. Like I'm, I'm looking at my third venue now, and uh, it looks really good. But again, we've got to. I've got to get back to them next week. Had a nice chat with her, and she's also so like, well, we're also a community cinema, so we can do a screening of Offworld. Oh, you if you that want. would be great. You could do it ultimately so, a screening of, of bloody students in the place where you. Well, yeah, that, that would be great. Goes without saying, you know, I say, well, what it is, we're going to be shooting bloody students here. Mm. But here's my first film, for yeah. better or for worse. And you've got a captive audience to do a Q&A and um, say, look, we're shooting the next film. This is what it is. If you like the idea, jump onto the Kickstarter or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or That's great if the Kickstarter's finished, you know, here's our PayPal, you know. Yeah. Um, support it. So, Excellent yeah. Stuff. And I, I, I want to say thank you to you as well, because um, the, 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 the previous podcasts we've done have kept me keen. And uh, in the last one, I was like, I don't even know if I should be doing. So that's it's it's, it's boosted me up a little bit. And well, these um, are these are half podcast, half half like you know therapy therapy session. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll do another one because we we we, we kind of want to fall into this every six months. We do a podcast. Well, we, it's good. It's fun because we're kind of catching up on the process of both on the progress yeah. of both of our films, and and you know sometimes we have a our our little complaints, and you know. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll have support my, each other um, through this. I'll I'll do a uh, an interview on on my channel. Yeah, uh, in a, maybe a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, we'll be in the know. middle of May then. Yeah, and um, we'll, we'll sort something out, and I'll put one on my channel, and we we'll just keep bouncing back and forth. Sounds and good to me. Uh, it's good because we'll be looking back over this, you know, back in, in once both our films are finished, and go. It'll be oh, fun. You know, we got to that stage, and how things changed, and yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that fun. time you had a phone call from Quentin Tarantino and John Carpenter turned up with a keyboard? <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to look back on all of this. And like I said, it, it, it it's nice. I, I've never really been in this position where where you know uh, a friend is also making a film at the same time, and we can kind of yeah. do this. It's it's good fun. Did I tell you about um, a chap I've been following on Twitter called Laurie Brewster? He's up in Scotland. He runs a low-budget horror studio called Hex Studios. Right. And he's currently doing... He's doing a Kickstarter for a movie he's working on at the moment, which is a sword and sorcery sleazy horror. Oh, Make that sign me up. <laughs> but he's got a website called britishhorrorstudio.com. 
Mm. And it's just a holding page at the moment. But he he's what he's trying to do, he said, I'm trying to open up a horror production and distribution studio right. for films yeah. like, he said, in, in the style of Hammer and Amicus. Oh, um, speaking my he language. He said, all, at the moment, all I'm doing is collecting people's email addresses for our mailing list. But, you know, he's looking at funding. He's They've distributed some films in the past. He's done a couple of features already. So he knows what he's talking about. He seems like an interesting guy. Uh, so it's BritishHorrorStudio.com. And, you know, I, I, I've chatted to him on Twitter and stuff. And uh, I like the fact that he's thinking in terms of, uh, he's younger than the pair of us, I think. Uh, but I like the way he's thinking in terms of Hammer and Amicus going. We don't have a base for, you know, mid to low budget horror stuff anymore. Yeah. And there should be one. There should definitely be one. And he's look, he's been looking at places like the dilapidated theaters and hospitals and, and yeah. um, stuff. I mean, it's probably going to be up in his neck of the woods. But it's not out of the um, poss- realm of possibilities where he might look at your stuff or even, you know, bloody students. If I don't go with like the American distributor, they're still not in stone, but Mm. I could say, well, are you interested in a comedy horror? You know, it's another flavor of horror to put out through, through the British horror studio setup. So um, it's interesting times. He's, he's had a a huge influx of people following him and and saying, we're interested in supporting your studio. So it's nice to know that there's um, there's someone else you know yeah. with he's got some great contacts apparently and uh you know he's he's willing to put money into a a big facility that will have studios that you can film in as well and also yeah. some interesting scenery and stuff but also have a distribution uh model as well so very interesting times hmm. right well we've been chatting for quite a while so i shall oh, yeah. let you go mate um, well i do have a number of jobs that are begging out to be <laughs> tonight as usual well, it's been so a pleasure. All-nighter. As yeah, always. Yeah, always yeah. This will go live when you tell me it will go live. Okay. Uh, that will either be Monday or I guess Tuesday, potentially, depending on which which day you would prefer. Um and Again, um, because of what I've said, as long as it's in May, I think we're okay. Yeah, yeah. Well I, I want to get it out as soon as you know, as early as the Kickstarter launches, you know, would be good yeah. to think. So you I can put like the link a little, in and a link yeah. in the description to the yeah. Kickstarter. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um but yeah, thank you very much for, for coming on again. And like I said, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll happily uh, jump on your uh, your stream in a couple of weeks' time and we'll we'll catch yeah. up again. But um yeah, thanks for uh, watching everybody and listening if you're uh, listening on the uh, audio end. And uh yeah, we will uh, catch you soon. And I'll cut that there. Um, Alrighty, cool. that was good. I, I, I'm yeah. sorry. I.